Hello, everybody, and welcome to Art Drama Llama, where we look beyond the galleries and dish on the art world's gossip, rivalries, and eccentricities. My name is Manchi. I'm Bartika. And I'm Sianja. And today we're going to look beyond Goya and the Chapman Brothers, part two. Part two. Did you mean the? Yeah, part de. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Gonna, y'all are just gonna flex your French skills. Oui, oui. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> it should really be part dose because we're talking about Goya and the Chapman brothers, and Goya was Spanish. So, all right. So, the, in this episode, um, or I guess to recap, last episode we talked about uh, who Francisco Goya was, who the Chapman brothers were, and kind of an overview of what they did to Goya's works of art. Um, and in this episode, we'll be going over kind of a timeline of what they did. We'll start in the early to mid 1990s and then we'll kind of end in 2017, so. Oh, that's pretty recent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I oh. thought it was only until the early 2000s, like kind of a 10, maybe 15 year-ish gap or range but something happened in 2017 too so these men <laughs> so in the early to mid 1990s the Chapman brothers kind of created their first Goya work and this was called the disasters of war they did a 3d representation of Goya's etchings of the same name made in miniature using toy soldiers and if you remember um one of the Chapman Brothers' other works was called Hell, and they also used toy soldiers then. So, but in this work, um, what this etching was, was they depicted the atrocities of war experienced during the Napoleonic invasions of Spain in 1808. They included gruesome scenes of bayoneting, beheading, torture, and death, and they were so impactful that they could not be exhibited during Goya's lifetime. With the Chapman Brothers piece, the presentation both enhances and depletes the original subject matter. It reframes scenes for modern context, enabling viewers to look at the shocking yet unsettling subject. And the fact that each scene is recreated in miniature detracts from the subject's impact. It makes it referenced modern day warfare along with the human detachment caused by rolling news footage that can normalize war and suffering. This kind of also aligns the subject with children's toy soldiers, which makes it devalue the subject's power. But on the other hand, it also reminds the viewer that violence is understood as part of society that is everywhere. The Chapman brothers note that they're not making a point about human savagery, but about art and its eventual potency. What do you guys think about that? So for like this first Goya piece, Mm -hmm. what they were trying to do is like... Kind of detracts from... Yeah, go ahead. Like put his work back in like the zeitgeist or give his work a new... uh, I guess, sense of power or sense of... um... Not a sense of power, I feel like, because they said that they were using toy soldiers to kind of diminish the meaning of Goya's original work. Because if you look at the edging... Not edgings. 
etchings, if you look at the etchings, they're so just kind of shocking and impactful that because they're using toy soldiers, it kind of detracts from the meaning of the work. And it also shows that because we as the viewers, like we're not really connected to the work. And I think Manchi kind of referenced that whenever she mentioned how like we don't really have connections to the Holocaust. So it might not impact us or in the same way or as much as it might impact people who were directly involved in the Holocaust or I guess their descendants. Um, okay. I see. But isn't that a little too self-centered of them? Because they're British, right? So yeah. maybe to them, these Goya works don't mean that much. But to the Spanish people, it's like, oh my gosh, what did you do? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't like, know. I mean, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the, at the sculptures. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, in my mind, it doesn't register that they've used toy soldiers right uh, in my mind I just see them as miniature versions right and mm-hmm. that to me that could just be a preferred medium right like it to me it doesn't automatically register as like oh they purposely were using miniatures but upon first inspection I would probably just go oh this is the way they wanted to like this might be just their preferred medium mm-hmm. and I think it makes sense because it is kind of a modern invention so to use that the toy soldiers to modernize Goya's paintings also makes sense to me. Um, and I think they're equally brutal. Like if you look at details, then I mean, some of the stuff is really dark. Like there's just people on a, in a pool of blood and hanging themselves and people being strapped to poles and stuff. Like I think it's I think it's equally dark and brutal, and I do think it is a more modern take of Goya's etchings. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, it doesn't seem like it's detracting, I guess maybe. Like recontextualizing? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that just recontextualizing is detracting from the original like qualities of the work, but I think it does give another a new meaning to some of Goya's work in a way that I think is more tasteful right than drawing over them like I Mm -hmm. I can digest or I mean I think this is a great way to recontextualize or apply new meaning to previous works I mean for god's sakes we take old tv shows and modernize them right and things have to change and in a way you take away from the original story when you make it into a new modern version but the new modern version has its own new messages it wants to share so Okay. All right, Nancy, you so say far, that now, but I was gonna say so far we're <laughs> we're I with the Chapmans. Yeah, yeah, this is this is this is great. This is okay in my book. You know, this is like if you were to recreate or if you were to recontextualize art in a modern sense, I think this is a great way to do it, and I appreciate their effort. All right. Um, oh, and another thing that I did want to mention um, about this work or I guess Goya in general, was that he inspired people like Picasso, who created Guernica in 1937 uh, as a response to the bombing of a Basque country village in northern Spain by German and Italian warplanes. And this work is now deeply admired, but it had no impact on World War II and its 60 million deaths. 
And so because of this, the Chapman brothers wanted to show that art cannot stop violence. And I guess when they say something like that, I I guess I could kind of agree, like works might not always have the influence you think it will have right away. It's in the future, like, or we look at the past and we're like, oh, that was so impactful or people had seen this at the time, they would have been like, oh, wow, this is what's going on. Or I guess our ordinary people, if they had seen it, who were like people who weren't going off to war, if they saw Goya's works, they would have been like, oh, that's really what's happening. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's, we even talked about this with Dadaism, like their whole movement was also anti-war pro-peace and it didn't do crap, right? But, yeah. um, but I think some, there is a lot of value in a historical sense to capture the emotions behind an event but also i'm sure during those times like people didn't see the art and for them it was also like a maybe a catalyst to make some change maybe to a, a fundraiser method right you can see the painting and the museum will ask you to donate your shoes or money or whatever to help the cause right like it does spread news and awareness um but I mean, I, I don't think it is possible to have one single piece of content stop an entire war that is really, I mean, that, I mean, World War II, it's just out of your hands, right? You wouldn't want to take an appeasement approach. Like you have to fight the Germans. Um, and that's not something the British government or the Spanish or the French government can decide. Yeah. Uh, I guess my two cents is that the thing about like art during a very turbulent time is that no matter in what medium you use or what form or what anything, it really asks you to stop and look and interact with it. So when you're in a very turbulent point in time, like a World War II or like a big, like, you know, like national one or like a big personal turbulent time to you, like maybe you're like super busy with work and school, you don't have time to sit down and look and engage with something. So while we are able to do that now, because we're not in that situation and look at this work and feel the impact that it was trying to make at the moment, during its like inception, it, it probably was hard for it to get any other type of impact or feeling out of the people living in that specific point in time, just because they did not have the time to sit down and engage with it. Yeah, and I'm sure they didn't want to either. Like, I'm just thinking yeah. about us in the pandemic. It's like, I don't want to keep reading news articles about the pandemic, nor do I want to keep listening to podcasts or looking at art made about the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. I just want to move on with my life. Yeah, and I'm sure they weren't the only ones doing that. So mm -hmm. jumping off of that, they're probably like, okay, I, I know what's going on. I've seen enough right. other paintings, other etchings. I don't need to see right. one more. Right, yeah. I guess yeah. moving on. Yeah. I guess, yeah, now we'll move on to what happened in the early 2000s. So we were kind of okay with what they did back then, right? So far well, we're with it. Yeah, it's okay. Kind of understand where they were coming from. But now. now. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Um, they created a piece in the early 2000s called Insult to Injury, The Marriage of Reason and Squalor. 
What they did here was the Chapman brothers purchased a rare and complete set of Goya etchings that were made from his original plates called the Disasters of War. Um, and those were made in between 1810 to 1820. And they reworked and improved. So kind of putting those in two things in quotes. I keep making hand motions, but you guys can't see me. <laughs> they reworked and improved these etchings by adding clown and puppy heads to each of the victims and they painted directly onto the original images. So now Manchi, are you still okay with what they were doing? Yeah, no, this is much more of a no-no. But... <sighs> what happened to the original plates? Because if, if those still yeah. exist, then, you know, they can you be can reproduced. Make more, yeah, but I think these etchings were the ones that were made in his lifetime. Oh, like by uh, like the they're they're the originals, so. right? Touched yeah. by Goya. Yeah, yeah, but that's just like a. I mean, I don't, I, I don't, at the risk of sounding callous, but like Sandra was alluding to, you know, they if there are etchings based off of plates, then there's nothing to stop from reproducing them. And I see the point about it being the original set, but that's also just people attaching sentimentality, right? Because, like, I don't know. I like, is there a huge difference? Or is there going to be, like, I mean, when you make the etching from the plates, whether it's Goya who made them or somebody else in modern day, like, are you going to be like, oh, he etched it, like, oh, his use of color? I don't know. Maybe, maybe his use of color would be different or much more impactful, but I feel like it's, it could be worse if they just like painted over like a one, only one painting. Like a well, one my question is like, why not get the plates instead? But I think that it, like the reason to not get the plates is like, I think the reason why they might have used an etching is because you could in theory reproduce so he they're not really de destroying the direct work itself right like you could make etchings of this again um and you are well, preserving the history but you're just you're just it's like a another you know like another way to well i feel like if the plates exist and they chose not to use them then they wanted the controversy you know what do you mean like they just wanted to spread chaos yeah like if i know like for like for printmaking right if i know i have the like the linoleum thing i carved out or was carved into i'm like oh let me just use that and i'll stamp it and work off of that versus like ha let me take the print you just made and i'll work over it even though i know oh. you have the yeah i see what you're saying you're saying like they should have just made a new etching off the place yeah if, I mean yeah but clearly but I feel like if they made a conscious choice not to then clearly they wanted the controversy yeah, to, yeah, to no, the I, chaos that they wanted to create in the first place I think so too but I think they also purposely chose an etching Be oh for sure yeah I think they purposely chose an etching so that it still could be reproduced right instead of them just painting directly over like a, a one-time painting essentially right like I if mean they just I'm also painted, sure that the plates are probably 
more locked up than the etchings are. Like, oh, that's also true. <laughs> maybe I should weigh the actual. Yeah, that's, maybe I shouldn't give them that much credit. <laughs> <laughs> um, These British artists and their controversy. <laughs> so one of the next points I want to make is that Goya was one of the first, or he was the first artist of the modern era to depict real terror and torture amongst his human subjects. And he's described by art critic Matthew Collings as the father of the mo- as the father of modern art, in that he was the father of shocks. And this is why the Chapman brothers are so fascinated with him. Um, Jake Chapman says, He's the artist who represents that kind of expressionistic struggle of the enlightenment with the ancient regime. So it's kind of nice to kick it or kick its underbelly. Because he had a predilection for violence under the ages of a moral framework, there's so much pleasure in his work. And so the brothers use the, or sorry, the Chapman brothers' use of Goya works also grounds them within a canon of avant-garde artists who look back to look forward. That makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I see what I see what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, could you repeat that again, please? Yeah, so I can give you an example to have it make more sense. Or two examples. Um, Goya himself worked from Velasquez, or in other words, he was kind of inspired by Velasquez. But I think another example would make it clear. Um, Goya's work called Bacchus, which is the... I believe it's the Roman word, or it's a, yeah, it's the Roman version of Dionysus. Um, But yeah, Goya's Bacchus, which was created in 1778, can be seen in the background of Manet's Emile Zola, which was created in 1868. So, yeah, (laughs) essentially that's what it's saying. The brothers' use of Goya works also grounds them within a canon of avant-garde artists who look back to look forward. So mm-hmm. they were using Goya's works to create their own, in a sense. Okay. I feel like that's also just every guard artist. Like you don't have to be avant-garde to have done that method. I feel like that's too logical for it to be avant-garde. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, also modern art technically encompasses like the 20th century, whereas postmodern is like the 21st century. So somehow we have become postmodern. Well, what will come after postmodern? Post postmodern? No, just like Gen Z art. <laughs> Gen Z art. Yeah, I said future, but I think future the futuristic art movement. <laughs> okay. So moving on, um, another point that I wanted to make was that the appropriation of artists' work is nothing new in history. For example, in 1953, Robert Rauschenberg, who was a pop artist, removed every trace from a crayon, pencil, and charcoal sketch to produce erased de Kooning drawing. And this explored how far one could push an object from its origins and still have it retain its power. 
He literally took the work of one of his idols and erased it in a way that questioned whether art could be created through the act of destruction. And this was something that came to be known as performance art. The Chapman brothers do the same thing by reframing Goya's etchings for a contemporary audience. They realized that the destructive element that they believe is at the heart of artistic process. They said that all works of art are destructive by their nature because they destroy what precedes them. And this had varied reception. So Brian Sewell, who is an art critic with a renowned hatred of conceptualism, um, he said that this piece was an absurd was an absurd work of absolutely no distinction. However, this work also won the Chapmans their first major art prize. It got them twenty five thousand pounds with the Charles Walston Award for the most distinguished work in the Royal Academy Summer Exhibition. And they received this accolade with irreverence, with Dinos noting that. People seem to be allergic to giving us prizes. Hopefully, now we're going to be inundated with prizes. We want to win everything from Crufts, which is a British dog show, to Best Rose at the Flower Show. Sorry, I rolled my eyes too much there, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I understand that you reverence for prizes, right? Because I think, you know, like that, it's hard to, it's hard to award, I think, prizes for art because it's hard to make direct comparisons between meanings right like who is to say one is better than another because of the meaning that it was trying to convey mm-hmm. yeah so I get that but you know like I, I don't know it's uh, the act of destroying like I know I was kind of like oh like it's not it's not the worst right like they didn't paint over like the only painting of Starry Night but it's still a little bit painful that they painted over like an original etching that Goya made himself from his disaster of of war plate um yes I think I don't really see the value of destroying your past in order to build your future especially in terms of like history like maybe personally that makes sense right you want to burn all your old letters with your ex in order to feel better about moving forward. But like, like somebody else's art that they made in the past, like you don't need to destroy that in order to create your own. In my opinion, maybe artists feel different, but that's, it's just like, it's a shared human history. It's a bit selfish to do it for your own art, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you- Especially, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no go ahead, go ahead. I especially I feel like mm, I feel like they looked at Goya's work Goya's work more for the shock value that it created versus for the like deep kind of like disappointment and despair and like uh, I guess kind of like shock that he himself went through that maybe uh, artists from Spain would also feel versus them who are British, which I feel like they can be more objective on the subject matter that these etchings are covering. You know what I mean? No, no, 
Sorry. Can you okay. explain that uh, again? Can I write? Okay. So uh, let's say uh, like, an in, like an Indian piece, right? Or like a Chinese piece that means like this big, big, big thing culturally. And it just covers this historic event, right? I feel that if uh, artists of like the same ethnicity or nationality went and did this or looked at like this artwork, they kind of have more of a place of knowing of where this artist was coming from when they made that piece of work versus them, the Chapman brothers came and saw like Goya's work and they just took in like the shock value and the violence that it was depicting, not so much seeing the emotion and the attachment behind it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. This yeah. kind of goes back to our Banksy argument that we had, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I think it, I think what you say makes sense, but it kind of limits who has the right to speak about an issue in my mind, because who is it, who is like, how are we the judge to say like, what level of knowledge do you have to have before you can do something like the, like the Chapman brothers did, right? Like, would you still make the same argument if a Spanish painter who had really no knowledge of Koya and his works did what the Chapman brothers did, who obviously have at least some, some knowledge of who Koya was and what his art means, right? Or like what our historians believe his art is meaning to, right? Like- I feel that like that argument is only valid if they came in with good intentions and they're very blatant about causing chaos. I think so too. I mean, but I, yeah, I, I see, I take your meaning. I mean, I, I think that's the point, right? Like it's supposed to be controversial. So people are talking about it. I mean, no doubt. I mean, we're talking about it, but I think that it's, I think it's hard to, I don't know. I cannot fully agree with what you say because I think that like if we were to say that only, not only Spanish people, but you know, Spanish people who did this to Goya's art would have a better meaning behind it. I think that's- I'm not saying that they would have a better meaning, but I'm saying they might have understood like it would have been more impactful if somebody like that defaced Goya's artwork because they have that background versus not. Yeah, I mean, I, I take your meaning, but I just think that it's like, I think there's a lot of factors besides if they share the same ethnicity, right? Like if, if, they, if that artist didn't have, if that Spanish artist really didn't have any exposure to Goya beforehand, then I feel like you couldn't really say that it was more impactful, right? And who is to say who is Spanish and who is not Spanish? Not that the Chapman brothers are Spanish, but like, I mean, would you call like a, a, like a immigrant to Spain Spanish or would you not include them in the category? I'm not Spanish, so. (laughs) I mean, yeah, so I guess it's not for us to define that, but, but I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of gray areas in that statement and restricting, not restricting it, but just saying like it's more impactful. Well, the only reason why I made that comment is to add to like the stingingness, like the, how much it kind of stings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I I see what you're saying. Like, I see what you're saying. I think if it was a person who really understood Goya and maybe if the Spanish war was something that was deeply personal to them, then yeah, the story is better, right? Like the impact feels a lot more real. 
but Bro, you know, I just said that comment to say it like okay <laughs> I'm not trying to start an argument I'm just saying like oh I was like well like like I was just saying like personally like what they did is kind of like really like mm-hmm. I'm kind of like looking at you but at the same time I'm not super personally I'm not super like why'd you do that because I'm like oh well they're right. British it probably doesn't have the same they probably aren't going in with the same like sentimentalities and the same like you know like baggage that comes with if they were say Spanish instead of British so I'm kind of like oh no wonder they defaced it without having a type of remorse because it's they're not attached to it like somebody else might be it's not part of their history so they're kind of disregarding it in the sense that oh it's not it doesn't have to do with me so why should I care yeah like I feel like what they care more is like the violence that it's depicting yeah that's where I'm coming from yeah 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 I think my counter argument I just want to give them the credit of the doubt or the uh I just want to give them the benefit of the doubt because we don't ma'am you need to stop that (laughs) stop doing that in life you're a business major you should never give benefit of the doubt to anybody you work in the banking industry Manji you cannot be this way yeah, I understand, but I mean, this is an art history podcast, and I don't want to neg- like certainly paint the Chapman brothers in a light, in a specific light, because they're not really here to defend themselves, right? Like, m- maybe there is, like, maybe it is enough for them to tackle the painting from an art history perspective of saying, like, oh, I want to deface it in terms of like this will like this fuels my art moving forward right and this podcast like you're a safe space like ah, I can be soft here no I mean I just (laughs) I think it's like I think it's I just don't want to take such a harsh angle right because it's like ma'am I'm sure their lawyers will defend them quite well if they are offended by this episode oh yeah no I'm sure as well but I think just for the purposes of listening like it's better to hear different opinions than just you know, like bet, bet. yeah. Counter one to one. So dope. Moving yeah. forward. <laughs> All right. So we thought that kind of ended or like that was that. Um and as far as I know, I don't think they've or based on my research, I don't think they've created any new artworks. But in 2017, there was an exhibition of um these works that they had created. And so um, the Chapman brothers and the curator, the exhibition's curator um, said some words and I kind of just want to just say those. So Lola Duran, who was the exhibition's curator said that it occurred to us that the Chapmans are the artists who have best captured and reflected the artistic and ethical criticisms contained in Goya's prints. And they also said that The message that the Chapmans have taken from Goya is that today we're still living in the midst of violence. Just turn on the TV news. It's mean to make us think about the senselessness and confusion of war. So what do you guys think about that first? I mean, I agree. I think everything they have done is in a way to contextualize and modernize the messages Goya was sending back then. Um, whether or not I agree with their methods is a different thing, but I do think that they have achieved 
what Lola Duran is saying they have done. Sahania, do you have any words? I feel that what they write about it is very different from what the brothers say when they're being like asked. You know what I mean? Like what they say, how they express themselves about their work over text versus like over interview is very different. Mm -hmm. So I really don't know if they went into this with all this like depth or um, they really just kind of did it for shock value. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, but my counter argument, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> man, she's um, a little feisty tonight. No, 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 okay. So, I mean, I just think that like, because we talk a lot on the podcast about artist meaning and should that affect the way you take meaning from an artwork, right? Because I think Georgia O'Keeffe's massive flower paintings, like they really became famous because the painting had a different meaning from what the artist intended, right? Like I think if people genuinely thought she was just painting massive flowers, they wouldn't have blown up right like they wouldn't have become part of modern culture well does she want to blow up or does she just want to be an artist because there are many artists who are fine with not being famous and they just want to make their art that's true yeah i guess you can make the argument that she never really did become yeah because from that episode i got the vibe that she just wanted to paint her little flowers explore her colors and then she got this massive attention over something she didn't even want and it just kind of like put her in this like pigeon holder. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, okay, so then my other angle to this is, I mean, even if they did, if the Chapman brothers did do this for attention and just creating general chaos, isn't it also better that we can take a meaning that maybe they had not originally intended and actually like get our own more deep meaning from it? That's one way. And because it's art, you, they could walk away with that. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, see, I feel but, that. Yeah, it feels a little bit icky, you know? <laughs> yeah, I feel like because it's art, they could do the destruction and people could, you know, find, find meaning in the madness. But I'm all like, ooh, if there was anything other than art, they might have faced like legal consequences. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but no, but as I was saying, I really don't know how to peg them. I'm stuck between maybe there was depth and maybe it's not that deep and it really is what they're saying and they just wanted to cause chaos. So I have no strong opinions. I'm just in general kind of confused and sitting here like, okay, well that happened. Those hours were defaced. I live in this timeline. Okay, well, Um, I have one last quote from one of them. Um, And this is still regarding the 2017 exhibition. They said, or one of them said, um, the thing that we, the thing we objected to was not so much Goya's meaning. We're actually trying to gouge them from this moralistic framework and maybe release its libidinal 
economy to show that these works are much more radically unhinged and unstable and they don't deserve to be accumulated to some sort of post-Christian redemption. Which I feel like, I don't know, they're kind of contradicting themselves within their statement. Like, they don't object so much to the meaning, but they're also saying that they shouldn't be seen to this extent. Well, I think they're saying that they want to amplify Goya's original meaning and not have them be part of the narrative of a post-Christian redemption. Like, they just want to, like, amplify the fact that Goya, like, his work were really unhinged and unstable and are really trying to depict some of the the really dark parts of war, but it's been put into a, I'm actually really not sure what this means, a post-Christian redemption, um, which I, I just take it to mean that they just don't think that Goya's work is meant to be part of this narrative and they want to put it in what they think is the correct narrative for his work. So they want to apply their own meaning. Yeah. Or like interpret it in their own own way and have that be the correct interpretation instead of what is widely I don't think they're trying to make that the correct interpretation I think that's too strong of a word but I think they just want to put that out as like what they think is a more suited interpretation it's like writing a counter essay right but instead having much more radical consequences than just writing a counter essay <laughs> or a negative review for a, a, a paper. <laughs> Providing a differing view, but having that differing view be so out there. Yeah, kind of. radical. <laughs> yeah. All right. So do you guys have any final thoughts? I feel like a lot of the problem with artwork like this or artists that are unhinged as this is intent versus execution. Uh, like their intent sometimes is completely different than what the execution was. And then that's where like the fight starts. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's kind of like a conversation of do the means justify the ends? Uh, I think that's this, absolutely yeah good absolutely what i was just gonna say that's absolutely correct yeah and i don't know i just feel like that's just the type of conversation that never really has a satisfying end or a satisfying conclusion because there are people like me they're very like i wouldn't say like face value but it's very much like straightforward and like oh well they take more of the side of like the ends cause a, B, and C. I don't care about your intentions. And I feel like the other side is always like, oh, well, should we cut them some slack because of the intentions? Um, but overall, I feel like this was, regardless of if they brought in a new meaning to Goya, if they had good intentions, I do feel that this whole uh, project that they did with his work was very much self-centered. I think they did this more for their viewpoint on his work and for them as artists than so much anything altruistic.
Yeah, I mean, they did say, um, and it did seem kind of evil, like I mentioned in the previous episode. Um, they wanted to deface the works and reduce the number of originals. So they're kind of doing it to be a little selfish, like you said. I, I appreciate the, the Chapman brothers for giving us something to talk about. And I think it's been a healthy debate, so. That's my final thoughts on it. All right. Last episode, we kind of introduced Goya and introduced the Chapman brothers and kind of gave a brief summary of what happened, why we were talking about what the Chapman Chapman brothers did to Goya's works. And this episode, we introduced the timeline or what they did in the early 90s, what they did in the early 2000s, and kind of the last thing that we've heard from them on this topic back in 2017. So we hope you guys enjoyed our conversation on Francisco Goya and the Chapman brothers, Chapman bros. Okay, well with that, if you have any stories you would like us to cover, email us at artdramalama, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon, which are all under Art Drama Llama. And lastly, thank you for joining us and hope we can continue looking beyond the galleries with y'all. Till next time. Bye, llamas. That's so colonial blood. Didn't even have to ask this time. <laughs> I got you. Bye, llamas. Uh, au revoir. Bye, llamas. Adios. <laughs> Uh, buenas noches. Soy con los angelitos. <laughs> <laughs>